I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. We're the guys from that film stew, and this is our latest review, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Directed by James Wan, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is the superhero film based on the DC character Aquaman. It is the sequel to Aquaman from 2018, and it's the 15th and final installment in the DC Extended Universe. The movie is out now, but if you haven't watched Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. So, Jason, what is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom about? Uh, to be honest, I don't even really know. After failing to defeat Aquaman, played by Jason Momoa, the first time Black Manta, played by Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, wields the power of the mythic Black Trident to unleash, unleash an ancient and malevolent force. Hoping to end his reign of terror, Aquaman forges an unlikely alliance with his brother Orm, once again played by Patrick Wilson, the former king of Atlantis. Setting aside their differences, they join forces to protect their kingdom and save the world from irreversible destruction. But they do not call Superman at any point to help out because that would just make too much sense. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> it is an extended universe, <laughs> but just like with the MCU, you can't Absolutely. always just have all the heroes turning up. I mean, Cast your mind back to the opening of the Flash movie and Superman was dealing with a volcano. So they have shown before a reason why characters don't just turn up. But there's literally a scene in this, like right before he, he reveals that he's going to go get all of it, he's like, you know, I was like, we need a bit of help. I think I know a guy. And I actually audibly said to the Simba, I was like, oh my God, he's going to call Superman. <laughs> And then it's like, comes up, it's his brother. I'm like, yeah, but why? <laughs> like, just just call Superman for crying out loud. <laughs> I'm going to say it here. I'm really glad uh, he didn't call Superman. No, instead of course, of course. called Orm. But we will get into it. And you've said it. This is the 15th and final installment in the DC Extended Universe. It ends in 2023 with Aquaman 2, and it started in 2013 with Man of Steel. They had a good go of it. 10 years, 15 films, one TV series, Peacemaker. But it's all changing. It's all changing. We're getting a new Superman movie in Superman Legacy. I do think that hurt. I'm going to say hurt this movie. This movie actually seems to be doing okay at the box office, okay. especially... Compared to previous movies, but I think when we're talking oh, wow. about films like Shazam Fury of the Gods, Blue Beetle, I guess they spent a little less on that movie, and it was a better movie that did pretty well for Warners. But looking at I mean the Flash, I mean wow, they spent so much money on that movie. Well, I mean, the these DCEU movies since since that first Shazam movie which everyone just thought was just an anomaly for being, you know, quite low, but cracking 400 million globally has been a challenge for all of the DC, EC, uh, the DC EU movies since then. It, it just hasn't happened. Like the DC EU has been, it's been dead for a while, like public interest in it. Unfortunately. Of, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Look, and there's been some, we've talked about them and not to dwell on this part of the, the, the subject for too long but you know like we, we've had some good stuff to say about some of the recent movies and you know there, there is a shame that stuff's getting reset but it's it's the right move it's all happening and look i've had people actually ask me you know like oh well this one being the last one like does it kind of give a little bit of a finale or a, a send-off to it and i'm like absolutely not like this movie was made as as another installment in this series and which is the right like, move it is the exactly. right movie. This is the movie it, that yeah. was made. They haven't tweaked it or changed it to to serve that purpose to send this off. It just it ends like you know you don't the start. Final, 
you don't start with Superman and end with Aquaman ten years later. That is no, that is like, not how how you how you do it. The plan here was this was just another movie. This wasn't meant to be the end, but it just happens to be the last one. So so there's no fancy send off. I mean, the last scene is Bloody Orm eating a cockroach, and that is how the DCEU comes to an end. And I wish you didn't you know, say that so early. Because you're absolutely, <laughs> you're absolutely right. He's, um, he's eating a cheeseburger. He's having a beer. His brother Arthur had talked about it. And he got tricked earlier in the movie to eating a cockroach, thinking it was food. And he adds it to his cheeseburger. Yeah, I I always like staying for the mid credit scenes. I wish I didn't. But even uh, do, you, do you know what? Look, you've derailed this podcast. You have derailed this review because you took us I'm right so to the end of the sorry. movie. The end I'm of the so film, sorry. right? I don't even like. And okay, I did enjoy this. Oh, film. the Let very end that. of the movie. Let me say that. Like right? Oh, you've done this all back to everyone. But anyway, we're at the end of the movie now. Jason Momoa has his Robert Downey Jr. moment in front of oh, the press, and he says, "You know, I am Aquaman," and. He was actually the the dialogue, like he was actually pretty good. I thought, like when you had Aquaman addressing the world, Atlantis revealing themselves for the first time, and he was playing yeah. you mean Wakanda. it. Oh no, Atlanta. <laughs> he was Sorry. playing it straight, and I'm like, Do you know what? Okay, this is you know again. We started with Man of Steel with Henry Cavill, and here we are, Arthur Curry announcing to the world that Atlantis is real, he is their king, and they know him as a member of the Justice League. But anyway, it's his whole thing. And then he just goofs at the end. And then you sat with the end credits, and you just wait, and okay, so I do know there's a mid-credits scene, but I don't know what it is. And it's yeah. it's Patrick Wilson eating a cockroach, and I'm like, well, shit, okay. So, I, I mean... I, that, oh. I got a chuckle out of me, but it is another gag. And again, that's, that's didn't how the it. DCU ends. But it's, didn't... Uh, did did not need that gag, but um, but okay, you took us all the way to the end. A lot of things. I apologize, but we're talking Let's about the DC EU. Yes, I recently picked up the Flash on Blu-ray. I'd watched it on the big screen, and I had every intention of watching it a second time. And and I've got to be honest, I'll bring it up when we do our year in review. But wow, I struggled with a second viewing of the Flash. It's so problematic. It's so cringy at times, but I didn't have that experience for the most part with this movie, although the opening had me concerned because it was just joke after joke after joke. It's, I mean, literally Aquaman, he gets piss in his mouth. His baby <laughs> pisses like in his mouth. Times or something, oh, I'm, I'm, like, like I'm like, James Wan, you made a billion-dollar movie. In 2018, you've followed That's it up. I appreciate crazy. you. I appreciate you coming back. I really do. What have Look, you got for can me? I just, <laughs> can I just put this out there? I mean, just to remind everyone if they didn't listen far back then or it's just been too long, like I wasn't a big fan of that first Aquaman movie. Like it was just crazy. And at the time, I was probably a bit harder on it because it was such a tonal shift in the DCU that I was like, this is ridiculous. We've gone from these like these very realistic, you know, God representation character movies to octopus playing drums and i'm like what is happening like this is nuts i go back and watch that first aquaman i'm like ah look it's pretty fun it's goofy whatever i still don't help rate it but people obviously liked it i like it too a lot the dceu's highest grossing movie and that's it and then (laughs) you're much down from there and but like you said this one's doing okay but still not great this will not hit a billion dollars. Nowhere near it. Not I agree. It, no, no, no. It, it won't. And it would, again, like with people in the know like we are, that because, you know, general cinema going audiences, they don't know or care that this is the final film in the DCEU. They don't give a shit. They, they don't even know. They don't even know that it's a thing. But I did go back ahead of this movie and rewatch that first Aquaman film for the first time in a little while. And it's fun. I really enjoy it. But it was interesting this most recent viewing because it is such. I didn't recognize so much when I first started watching it. 
It is such a patchwork of other movies. Like, it's almost like the greatest <laughs> hits of like other movies. Like, you know, yeah. we're going to include this thing from the other thing that you like. like. The first 10 minutes of this movie, it's like a modern spin on, it's like Splash. Like, Daryl Hannah, Tom Hanks, only it's Nicole Kidman and Tamara Morrison. I'm like, oh, okay, so this, this feels like Splash. <laughs> and then later on, this feels like this other thing that I've watched and enjoyed. I mean, this, yeah. this movie is made up of all sorts of like things i mean we've already mentioned a couple iron man uh black panther you know like the 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 ending the closing scene of this movie but there's there's so much in this and not all of them are just as clear cut as that but there's i mean oh there's the sequence with that thing that's kind of like from star wars with like the jump of a hut thing there's, I mean, it, it's been a couple of weeks since I've watched this movie, but oh, I mate, do, do you know what? Like, let's um, there's so many, there's so let's, many, like I've seen this, I've seen there's this so much, stuff. mate. Honestly, there's so much to talk about. Let, let's try and not jump over too much because even just you mentioning the jab of the hut scene, because I did not realize until after I watched this film that voicing that character, Kingfish, Kingfish, Kingfish. ruler of the pirate haven called the sunken citadel anyway i didn't realize voicing that character martin short i mean i didn't either until the credits and i was like what the hell <laughs> i didn't even see i didn't even see his name in the credits i was waiting for that mid-credit scene but i was busy on myself i didn't actually i didn't watch all the credits <laughs> but it was afterwards I, I was online and it's like click here to find out who martin short plays in aquaman and the lost kingdom i'm like what the what yeah, that's. Um, I bet he's a fish. I bet he's some sort of fish. But that's some pretty, pretty cool casting. But again, going back to the opening, I, I was concerned because it was all jokes. We'd seen in the trailer that scene where he pulls his Aquaman costume, whatever, off the washing line. It, you know, yeah, we had we had seen it, but it was like joke, 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 joke. Yeah. But then it 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 does work because they don't stick with it which i'm grateful for they choose no, to open that movie in a lighthearted manner but then it does become more serious you you've got black manta driven more than ever like revenge for the death of his father and then he's got his own trident and everything that is that is happening there but you were saying though uh, the influences, you know, from other films, and I'm oh, okay. oh, oh. <laughs> the dark yes, yeah, so. But okay, so, but they're not the obvious ones, right? They, they are pretty obvious. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, okay. So, what are James Wan's influences, right? And he's oh. looking at movies like Flash Gordon from 1980, and that was uh, as an inspiration for the scenes in which David Kane raids. Um, you know, all the store, you know, there's big storage containers, you know, so that was influenced by mm-hmm. Flash Gordon. But then he's going back to horror films from the 1960s, specifically films like Planet of the Vampires from 1965. He's looking at Harryhausen creature movies as an influence and a guy working on the FX. They were also looking at that as well. And I think that does come through like in that first aquaman movie it can look really fx heavy but then at other times you do see some practical effects and i do think that does shine through so you can look back at films like the seventh voyage of sinbad from 1958 there's jason and the argonauts from 1968 so there's definitely influences and that kind of filmmaking really benefited that first movie for me and we do see it carry over into this so there's definitely things to like but when you've got an actor like jason momoa like at times like we recently reviewed fast x wow he's larger than life in that movie doing a different thing to what he's doing here but he is a big guy he's a big personality you know, is, is, is he Aquaman? Is he Jason Momoa? Like, who we're seeing on screen right now? The did two kind of... Did you sense that he was a almost like a different character from that, well, any other time we'd seen Aquaman? So it, whether it's either version of the Justice League movies or... It tracked for me. Like, it did track. Like, I mean, until I saw this movie, the last time I saw Momoa, it was face down in a puddle at the end of the Flash movie. 
like so i was grateful <laughs> not to say so he because what they did with aquaman in 2018 is they got him to a point where he you know he reformed he, you know he'd you know turned his back on his reckless days and he was being more heroic he was the king of atlantis um he had i mean the costume that momoa wears in that movie in this movie i think is my favorite dceu costume I think it is absolutely fantastic. It looks great on screen, but we ended that first Aquaman movie with him getting his shit together. And then yeah, that mid-credit scene, yep. mid scene on The Flash, it didn't again. Anyway, but then that's the issue like, that can happen. Timeline, what was going on? Yeah, ah. but, but now I, I get it. I get where he's at in this film because it's kind of like, he didn't necessarily want to be king. He just thought that Orm wasn't the right person for the job. So it was more of about him stopping Orm from being king than him wanting to be king. And then yeah. he's getting bored of all the responsibilities. That all tracked for me. That really did track. I mean, we're talking Orm. Patrick Wilson back in this. He's Arthur's Atlantean half-brother. He was the former King of Atlantis. We saw that in that first movie. He's been imprisoned. He's wasting away. He's thin. He's frail. Splash of water. Muscular. He's looking great oh, on the beach. He soon, he soon gets back in shape. But I've got to be honest, right? <laughs> the strength of this movie is the dynamic between Jason Momoa 100%, and Patrick Wilson. Yes. For me, yeah. I mean, the filmmakers the absolutely, yeah. The filmmakers compared their relationship to the banter between Jack Cates and Reggie Hammond in the 48 Hours movies. You know, they have no interest in, in being together, but they're forced to team up and it works. And it's like, oh, um, it's so disappointing the fact that I mean, I'm enjoying it in the film, I'm along for the ride, that's great. But when you think about it as this is the end, and I'm like, they've tapped into something special here that we're not going to see again and just bring these characters. And that's why I'm happy for like not to have Superman have a cameo or any other, you know, DC character. Yeah, because yeah, of course, of course. Aquaman and Orm together, they, they're great. They're really great. And, and I was so happy when Orm didn't turn, when you thought maybe you could. Like, because he does really want it, but he recognizes he sees something in Arthur that Arthur doesn't see in himself. And just talking about just what's happening, like the character motivations, the the personal growth that we're getting in this film. Again, the Flash. What the hell? Like they absolutely dropped the ball with that movie. I know we're supposed to care about Barry, his mum his dad wrongly in prison, all of that. But I don't know. It's just not the same. Like you feel and you follow these, these characters. So there's, there is a lot to like about this film. Yeah. Like with, I have to backtrack a little bit here, but like with, I think like with, uh, you know, Arthur's struggles with, oh, I don't think I really want to be king. Like I can see that sort of, I can believe that that kind of like reason, I guess regret, I suppose that's if that's the right word, can come about. But it does kind of think like as a progressive story direction, it does almost seem like a bit of a step back for his character development. Like it's almost like, oh, we have to pull this character back just so we can develop him further. Like I feel like almost on that side of, of his character development, at the end of the movie, we kind of have him in the same position again like it's like okay cool now i'm stepping up again it's like oh didn't we already kind of do that it's not a major thing but it is kind of like yeah i just feel like we're retreading but you're right the the better element is him and and orm sort of coming together and kind of getting over their bullshit and having fun along the way doing it now there's some really dumb shit in this like him dehydrated weak and like he said like like that TV show about the mermaids, H2O, just add water. Just a sprinkle of water and it's like, boom, I'm healthy. And it's like, I, what kind of bullshit science are we working with here? I brought, it up. <laughs> I brought it up in that first film, right? Because I grew up on Aquaman comics. And the reason why Arthur can live underwater and on land is because he's 
half Atlantean, half human. Mm. That's like his whole thing. But in these oh, like- movies, but they've got a thing where Atlanteans, they're taught or they train or whatever, like royalty, royal Atlanteans, not all. So like Orm can breathe, over, you know, above water, mirror, yeah, whoever. Yeah. It's not necessarily a common thing in the comics. So it's kind of like, I don't know, like that threw me with that first movie. We, with Aquaman, though, like, again, like, he wasn't trying to be king in that first movie. And it reminded me a little bit of the end of the first Johnny English movie, you know, where the crown lands on his head, or the end of the Chronicles of Riddick, where he gets the crown as well, at the end of the movie, where it's not by choice, it's a thing that happens. So it kind of happens by accident in those movies. But the motivation that Arthur has is to stop home. And then I buy it, yeah, imposter but... syndrome. Like, and it, it takes Orm to say to him, like, hey, brother, like, you might not recognize the qualities in yourself, but I do. I didn't see it at first. I was wrong. So I, again, there's growth and and all of that, but I do yeah, get where you're coming from. Element. It's kind of like we ended with him becoming Aquaman, King of Atlantis in that first movie. And then all these years later, how does it end? Well, he's Aquaman and he's King of Atlantis. It's like, great. It's just... Again, it's not a major thing. It just felt like uh, repeating stuff, but it's it sets the stage for their brother relationship stuff. And again, look, there is some fun stuff watching Orm like try to run and not really understand what the hell he needs to do because, of course, <laughs> he's a fish man. Yeah, and he's faster. Like, he's faster than than Arthur. And, and like, when he, and, you know, arms. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which is funny. And, and, and this is the thing, right? There's genuine laughs in this movie. I've I found like there's genuine generally funny moments. And you know, Orm's like saying to Arthur, like, we we need to build a bridge. And he okay. uses his head. <laughs> he builds a bridge. I don't know. There's yeah, there is no, there's, so many there is so many you know, like, you know, enjoyable moments. When when they're on that like mystical island and you know it starts to feel like Journey to the center of the earth. I actually thought I was like, oh, cool. This is the Lost Kingdom thing that we're doing that's in the title. Not even like the Lost Kingdom doesn't actually play into it until like the very end. But I thought that's where we were. And then they left that area and I was like, oh, okay. So we're, we're done with that place now. I was, I had no idea what was, what was going on. But look, it was nice just seeing them too. It, it was the best parts um, of the movie. The, the other characters that are sort of, along the way i feel like if we're just talking about all like the atlanteans and stuff i feel like there was a lot of there was a lot of ways here like look we've got some good scenes with tamira morrison as you know as aquaman's dad tom curry like some nice little back and forth of conversations and you know being a dad and those responsibilities and doing the hard yards and stuff nicole kidman back as an atlanta like i just feel like She's there. She delivers a couple lines, and it's like, that's it. Oh, like they didn't do anything with her, which is a shame because the end of the day, it's Nicole Kidman. Like you do. Well, what's um, what's happened here? They they've killed off Bulko off screen. Apparently, Willem Dafoe had scheduling conflicts. He couldn't return for this movie. So, I guess the role that Willem Dafoe would have had. He's like saying, hey, this is what we need to do next. They gave that to Atlanta. So that's the role that Nicole Kidman is playing in this. But what is really noticeable, remember how she looked at the beginning of the first movie and then she was presumed dead for years and she looked older yeah. at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then this movie, she looks young again. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she looks like, I don't know, maybe... Maybe because waters. she touched water or something. Yeah, maybe. She's like, oh, okay. But she, yeah, she's she's here. She's fine. I was really happy to see Dolph Lundgren back. I didn't realize he was going to be back as the king of Exabol and Mira's father. I feel like they had more for him in this one today. And, you know, there's a, there's a nice little exchange sort of a few times with him and Orm as well, where it's like he doesn't trust him. He won't give him a weapon or yeah. not like a, a blast or anything. And then, you know, that Orm, you know, that whole exchange of like not saving your life, but then, no, I actually am just doing it this way. And then it's Honestly, like, and, cool. it, and it looks a nice like moment. 
Well, it looks like Orm is legit going to leave him to die, and it's, yeah, it's on like London's face. He's ready for it. And then he saves him. Honestly, it's like James Wan. Hey, I worked with this guy, Patrick Wilson, in some insidious movies. Let's uh, cast him as a supervillain. It works. <laughs> it really, really works. He's such a, a yeah Option high point. Oh, man. Again, that first movie. He's got the, the metal mask, but it move, It move. his expression changes. Oh, really? I love it. <laughs> it's, All right. it's really cool. Um, Amber Heard. So a bit of a sore point for for a lot of people. Like for some reason, I mean, okay, I would say for some reason, like people, it's all warranted. I get it. Like there's a lot of bullshit with her. But at the end of the day, look, she's just playing a character. They've brought her back to, I mean, it was already filmed and stuff. They did retool the movie a little bit to change the story a bit, reduce her character. She's still in the movie quite a bit. But what I did notice in watching this, like it got to a certain point where I was like, are they going to let her talk or have any sort of substantial dialogue? Because, like, it was about, it was probably, like, her, like, sixth scene or something that she was on, on screen. And I was like, I'm pretty sure she's only had one line. Like, what is happening? Then they had her saying a little bit of stuff later on. But she is very much, you know, from going to, like, almost co-lead in the first movie, main love interest, all of that, to... She is just a very minor supporting character. She's there. She's a mum. She's, I mean, she has a she has an action an action sequence, you know, where she sort of gets which is decent, out. but it's very noticeable. Bad. It's very noticeable yeah. the change from that first movie to this movie, and then she's she's attacked, and I'm like watching it, thinking, well, are they going to kill her? That could happen. Like you know, exit like, stage left. There's yeah, the final fight, and it's like she's and it's like she doesn't get in, in on the action there. I mean, like, granted, there's the baby, and it's like you know, protect the baby, all of that, but then it's like she's there, and then she's out. And it's like, yeah, cool, they really have. Re- and look, maybe it was there originally that they just reduced her character that much, but it's like, ah, in the day, it's like such a shift for that character. It's and again, I got, I got no beef with it. It's just sort of how strange is it. Just- how how strange is it that you know five years before they released this movie warner brothers released a one billion dollar dc movie (laughs) and it took them that long to make a sequel and there were controversies you know it had a bit of a troubled production amber heard this is way back in november 2020 she debunked rumors that she would not be reprising her role as Mira from the first film. And, you know, everything was happening between her and Johnny Depp at the time. Uh, There was a petition around about the same time. People wanting to have her fired from the franchise. It received more than 1.5 million signatures. And all the while, James Wan's like, nope. She's in the movie. She's in the sequel. So all that was happening behind the scenes. So how much of effect that had, if any, I don't know, on the time frame from that first movie and the sequel. But yes, it is noticeable. Yeah. If I'm honest, it turned out better than I thought it would. Like she actually does still feel like she's in it. Um, but there's like sequences where there's a group of characters standing around and they're like, okay, let's come up with a plan what are we doing and it's like her character from that first movie would have been there voicing her thoughts and and especially when it comes to the fact that it's her kid that they're trying to come up with the plan to save him it's and she's got a point actually yeah it's like they've just muted her but then she was yeah yeah they muted her by injuring her like that's why like she was in she was she was recovering and that's why you know, she couldn't be there because otherwise, like, she absolutely would have gone on that mission with Arthur. Like, there's no way she would have stayed behind. So they had to find a way, I guess, of not including the actress, and that would be by injuring the injuring the character. You know, what we do get though, you know, praising the costume, which again, you know, the the orange and the green looks so good on screen. We have Aquaman donning a blue stealth suit. Uh, which carries the octopus-inspired ability to change colour. And this blue suit comes from 
1986 comics, which is pretty, pretty cool. And if we're talking about an octopus, Topo, he was in that <laughs> first movie playing the drums, but yeah. he is kicking ass. And the film gives him an acronym, Tactical Observation and Pursuit Operative. So there you go. That's what Topo stands for. So that's cool. It's, and it's like they've justified ass. that character. Like <laughs> all the bitching of like that octopus is playing. Mate, the you watch the sixties like, cartoon. Topo is prominent. He is prominent in speaking, that sixties cartoon. Speaking of old like Aquaman, like crazy cartoony things, like the seahorse, the riding yes. seahorse. Saw the poster. Do you know what I've got to say here? I'm a little bit disappointed we didn't get more of it. I think the shots that we did get of him riding it, very minimal. I thought there would be more. And there's at least epic. two, isn't there? We get him in the there's, opening and we get the monologue. Yeah. And then later on we get him as well. It kind of like the, the seahorse just comes and helps like helps him and then he, he bounces off it and then jumps onto that little icebergy boat thing or whatever the hell they're on before they tell Orm to sod off like i mean that's it and i was like oh that's that's it that's a, i mean that's you're, yeah. you're saying the seahorse all due respect you're talking about aquaman's seahorse steed storm there you go you're talking about storm yeah seahorse whatever i don't care if he has a name. come on guys. it's Let's not it's cool man it it really is and it makes sense can aquaman himself propel himself through the water at great speeds absolutely but can he also ride the back of a seahorse to reserve his strength until he gets where he needs to go? Absolutely as well. It, it just, it, it works. <laughs> crazy. Hey, you know what? Speaking of like swimming and doing stuff underwater, obviously this movie, there's a lot of stuff set underwater. And do you know what's really cool? When you see characters swimming, and we've seen it previously, like, you know, how they can jet around and swim really fast. And then, do you know what? The most part you see of characters doing that kind of stuff is that action sequence with, um, with Mira that I mentioned before where it's like she's sort of zipping around and she's trying to fight that submarine and all that kind of stuff and then there's a bit where Aquaman and Orm are kind of racing each other that's kind of it for like the underwater swimming stuff what kind of griped me a bit was like a lot of the a lot of the other underwater stuff was very stagnant we just had characters kind of not even floating like standing around you know like when they're this in front of the council thing of like different whatever kingdom underwater kingdom it's like they're just standing around talking when they're in front of that jubba the hut martin short voice character it's like they're just standing there it's very like, floating but i get i get your point the floating oh, and then i barely guess floating. the the it's motion just... is the hair which is you know, yeah, you're benefiting from having momoa who has long hair I, yeah yeah they just they went cheap with it i was like no nah, this is boring like this we're underwater like this crate and it's like we're just standing around remember we're right in in the just league movie when amber heard first appeared as mera and when she met with aquaman underwater she created an air pocket where they could both breathe and have a conversation <laughs> yeah. And then I remember reading. That, I? <laughs> I remember reading an interview with James Wan, and he's um, like, "Oh, yeah, now we've been working on this, and we spent a lot of time on it. And yeah, you're really going to be impressed when you see how we have them being underwater and how they actually talk to each other. Yeah, they just talk as if they're not underwater. They're like that's his whole her. thing. Yeah. Yes, I. I, I if not for hair, you wouldn't even. You wouldn't. They're not hear. standing. <laughs> they're floating, but they fairly are. stationary. No. Yeah, they're kind there's of a lot of floating. There's a lot of standing underwater, which is a ridiculous yes, statement. Yes, I know. I know, but it's you know you, like, you don't oh, want right. to be doing the doggy paddle the whole time. Anyway, uh, Black Manta is the big bad in this. What I'll say: the big difference I found with this movie compared to that first movie is a lot more. Dick Dastardly, villain, twirling the mustache. <laughs> well, it was just, I mean, I know he was possessed. I get it. Like, I know it's the was, possession stuff. He was being influenced, but it was kind of like bad for the sake of being bad. And, and I get it. I know what's driving his motivation. But in that first move, mm. I liked, in that first move, I liked it more because he was in control. He, he was, I mean, he was being reckless, 
because he was wanting revenge for his dad. But in this, it's kind of like he wants ultimate power. He's doing somebody else's bidding. I don't know. It, it didn't. I, I felt as though it lessened the character in this movie. Yeah, look, first up with him, where did he get all this money to have this whole team, this giant submarine? There's a whole lot of questions. He's a pirate. Whatever, this movie's stupid. He stole it's gold. Stole it all. <laughs> well, look, everything about his character, look, you bring back a, a villain, a character from that first movie into the second one, cool, we're going to develop, we're going to bounce off that. Everything they set up for this character, his motivations, his thirst for revenge against Aquaman, all of that is is thrown in the bin here because at the beginning of the movie, that's where he's at with it. But then he's possessed. And I guess like you said, like there is, you know, obviously the possession thing is using his hatred and bouncing off that, but it's still essentially, it's the possessed being thing. It's that whole backstory. And again, we get this great little exposition bullshit dump where I'm like, I don't care about this crap. Like just whatever, what's going on. This, This character is just this possessed, demon guy for this movie he's no longer like he's black manta visually and he's doing a lot more cool you know fight sequence stuff which is great to see but he's no longer that character he's just this it's not in control it's not it's it's like disappointing i mean could have been anyone like they could have they could have just had what's his name um Randall Park's character possessed, <laughs> like, can have him doing crazy shit. It made no difference that it was Black Manta. It, like, again, like, yeah, I get, I agree. It's a massive step down from that first movie. And just the goofiness of the first movie, how he's trying to incorporate the Atlantean technology into his helmet, but we need to go bigger. And that's why you get the goofy helmet for the costume, which is like, he looks like Hey Arnold. Like he's got a big wide football head, you know, and it's, it's great. So it's fun. But then in this movie, he does get to don a new sleeker suit, which is pretty cool. And it is influenced by his Silver Age costume from the Aquaman comics. So I do like that they are looking for the comics for this, but. To have Black Manta's like the big bad, and he's got his own trident, but it's like, yeah, it's um, it's a big misstep for this movie. I think if, just, if just disappointing you know, on the villain front with stuff, and even when you do get to like the the demon thing that gets unleashed at the very end, it's like Aquaman throws the spear, and it's like, oh crap, he caught it. Oh man, this is gonna be something that Aquaman's gonna really have to deal with. Oh, he just he'll just throw another spear, and that one went, and that's like okay, cool. If first like, you don't oh, succeed, pick yourself up a dry again. <laughs> throw another spear, and all good, sweet. And that's like okay, well that wrapped up quite nicely, then didn't it, everyone? <laughs> oh, it's just yeah, just just weak on the villain end of things. It's like yeah, nothing there. All right, you mentioned Randall Park. He's back as Dr. Stephen Shin, a marine biologist obsessed with finding Atlantis who works for Black Manta. We got a little bit of him in that first movie, and then we got that mid credit scene with him and Black Manta together. We get a lot more of him in this movie. Yeah, look, I've always really, like, any time Randall Park's on screen in something, like, I find myself always enjoying him to various degrees, but, like, Usually, just always having a good time. It's always good value. It's fun. I, what they're doing with this character here, like you know, there's some interesting things here. Is he's not really on the side of the bad guy. He kind of wants to team up with the Atlanteans, and whether it's self-preservation or just like just wanting to do the right thing. And you know, there's a nice bit at the end where he's he's like kind of almost puts himself at risk to save the baby and all that kind of. It's great. But you'd think this character is definitely set up to be a comedic relief kind of thing. I wasn't really feeling any anything really fun with him. Like, I don't know, maybe that's just how the character is written and they weren't going for too funny, but I didn't find his character that fun. I funny agree really... with you completely. Yeah. Honestly, right? I know this character from the comics. This might surprise you. He's an old man. Oh, right. It's nothing like Randall Park. He is an <laughs> old sure. man. So they were doing something different. Which Again, it didn't, but it didn't feature too heavily. 
So he was almost like, oh, okay, so he's got the name of that character that I know from the comics, yeah, but okay, so maybe yeah. is it a cameo? They're doing like a nod to something that fans might be familiar with, but we get a lot more of him here. There's some moments, so it's like, oh, okay, so I can see they, they are going for a little bit of comic relief with him, but it's not quite landing. Not his fault. It is not his fault. I'm with you. I'm a fan oh. of his fan of his work. He's kind of doing a different thing here. He's not always... I mean, there's a couple of moments where he just feel like they really are pushing for a laugh. But for the most part, they're not. They've got him here playing a character. It does feel heavily teleplayed. Like, when he does what he does throughout his, this movie, you're not surprised by any of it. You saw it coming. Like, his character I found to be very predictable. But you did mention yeah. Aquaman's kid. And Black Manta threatening to kill a kid, a little kid, Aqua Baby. He's threatening to kill him. <laughs> in the comics, I've said to you previously, uh, I think on like a recent news show, that that was the thing that happened in the comics. That Black Manta does kill Aquaman and Mervis. Oh, it is a very. to do that in this movie. That baby was never in any real danger. <laughs> it's a very dark thing. That happens. I think the arc was called Death of a Prince or something something like that. But in this movie, he comes close to murdering, kind of, but not really. Uh, but it's like, he's always going to go up against Aquaman. And whether it's Arthur Curry Jr. or Arthur Curry, it doesn't matter whose blood he spills, really. That's all they need for Aquaman to carry out his evil plan. So I feel like you've got the mild peril of his kid until he's no longer in danger. But then he he gets the blood of Aquaman anyway. I don't know. It just it, I don't know. Oh, it whole, just it just seems very elaborate. You know, the whole the whole setup for that third sequel, like the third act, is really I think it's just weakly, like very weakly, just sort of executed. Look, as you've got everything, you know, we've mentioned the whole storyline with, you know, obviously the the overarching story is there's this possession villain thing. We need to stop him from being brought back or whatnot. So that's all still lingering. But you've got all the stuff with with Orm and all of that. It's almost like before, you know, Aqua Baby is is kidnapped. It's like all of that kind of wraps up, and it's kind of like okay, we've got this, we've got this sort of solid story arc that we've kind of glazed over and, and kind of completed. But then there's still obviously the overarching: we've got to still stop the bad guy doing his thing. But then suddenly all the pieces kind of need to reset. It, it's almost like yeah, like everything shifts. Like every story, motivation stuff just shifts. It becomes we need to save the baby. Like and it's like, oh, that's something. It's I don't know. I just felt like it came out of nowhere. It it just created stakes that just seem more dramatic than they needed to. Like oh, I mean, and it didn't help that you had all you had the characters that moment where they drop to their knees and they're screaming. They're like no, nah, and it's just like. There were multiple people in my screening that laughed <laughs> where that moment should have played as something serious. No one could take it seriously because it was just over the top, seemed goofy, and I don't think the stakes of the threat that they were really trying to deliver on, like, because no one, like I said, no one, they weren't going to kill the baby. It was fine. And I don't know. I think everything that followed then, like, I don't know, nothing really, nothing worked. And, like, when Aquaman rocks up, and he's full of rage and he's like, I don't know what he says, like, let go of my baby or my kid or my son or whatever. Or like, you don't lay a finger on him. And he's angry. He's pissed off. I was like, holy shit. We're getting some real, like, something here is happening. I'm like, I feel this. I'm like, how angry would you be? You, you would just start beating that guy to a pulp. He releases that, that yell, that anger, and then... And then the fight is just this very calm, collected, like, oh, like, I'm like, oh, wow, he's really in tune with his emotions and anger. Cool. This guy's very healthy. <laughs> I, I'm like, nah, like, this is, he should have just been a rage monster after that, which I know isn't what you want from a, a superhero mo movie. And he's being a role model to the people and the children. But I'm like, nah, to hell with yeah, him. Yeah. And that's, he took, and that's... he took your baby. You, you, I agree. Yourself. I, 
I agree with you, but, but again, it's like it's following the beats of that first movie. Like we're getting towards the end of this movie that's happening, and it's when he's being more regal. Like, he's the king. Be a he's hero. Be the king. Yeah. He's being, yeah. he's being heroic, and you know, I've I said think it, I almost I'll... would have liked him cutting loose. Yeah. Um, and then you know, like going too far with it, and then maybe having to deal with the fact that, like. I'm not in tune with my emotions. I'm not the responsible one. People should not follow me. I know, but it's not about I know him stepping down and being like I get it. I'm not I'm not suited to be king. I get what and you're then, saying. But then yeah. the next thing the movie wants to happen though is for him to be addressing the world as the king of Atlantis and okay, having yeah, his shit together. So Because put a bow on it and it's all happy ending. It's, it's a like, bit yeah, of cool, generic it's a bit of a juggling. Simple, easy, <laughs> it's a bit of a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a juggling act. Honestly, if I'm going to recommend this movie, it's like, okay, like, hey, like, shall I watch the new Aquaman movie? It's like, do you know what? If you want to watch a buddy action comedy film set within the DCEU, absolutely. Because really that is. <laughs> that, <laughs> but that is the. That's the best version of this movie. Arthur and Orm together. That There's is, some nice moments with them. There's some cool little scenes. That's but then that's it. Like occasionally, the, Black Manta, Mira, whoever interfere with that good movie. <laughs> There's the influences <laughs> oh, happening you know in this movie. There's a lot of this movie with like, like as I'm watching this, right? Like, yeah, look, we talk about like they've got some nice moments there, and they're, they're entertaining, they're fun, and yeah, you know, got a chuckle out of me here and there, like oh, I'm running and bits and pieces. As well as some eye rolls, some stupid stuff like you know, add water and he's all good. There's a lot of this movie where I'm like, I was actually sitting there, I'm like, why am I actually bored? I was actually feeling consciously bored. Like a lot of the scenes with with Black Manta and you know, like you know, when they're trying to do, oh look, we're doing the thing. Like it's like ah, uh, it's and I thought this, I thought the scene had ended, and I'm like, oh, it faded to black, and then I was like. Oh no! Now all these dudes are coming. Oh, the scene's still going for crying out loud! Like I'm bored. There's so many sequences of like, hey, we're just gonna show the camera's just gonna point at things like rocks and boulders and stuff moving, or like a temple appearing. It and I'm like, oh, like what is this doing? It's like it's all. I'm like, it's interesting. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Like. Is this the movie that it would have always have been if it wasn't the last film in the DCEU? Like, would there have been some changes? I mean, we do know that Ben Affleck was on set as Bruce Wayne to have a scene with Arthur Curry. There was also talks when Batgirl was still a real thing of Michael Keaton being Bruce Wayne in this movie. So not just Amber Heard. So much happening behind the scenes that we don't see on screen that could have potentially yeah. reshaped what this was going to be. I mean, again, like we talked about the ending, you know, Arthur Curry just dropping the mic, like ending with a gag before the cockroach in the burger. <laughs> like, would that have always been the ending? Like, for it to like, hey, this is, I don't know, it's. No, I, mean, I think, yeah, I think the movie, they, except for the the tweaks because i think the tweaks and changes they made were tweaks and changes that were made for this movie right nothing to do with hey this is the last this is the last movie so we've got to change thing i think the changes were done because the movie that they were making they wanted to make these changes so that's it i just think nothing right but i mean i almost think they almost could have done you know like as arthur's doing his like let's reveal atlantis to the world and make it official you know, they're cutting to multiple people like watching the news and stuff like watching that conference thing. Like, would it have hurt to have had like a shot of, you know, Bruce Wayne? You know, like, let's keep it to what we know, like Ben Affleck, you know, like just sitting at home and just watching the news and, and being like, where to go, Arthur, or something, you know, I know just say then, something. Or, or have, then, you know, I know, but because I think because it's the end, it's a different thing. I think if. You know, mm. we had different actors appearing, you know, in The Flash, Gal Gadot, Ben Affleck, you know, whoever. But it was, even then, it was kind of like it wasn't necessarily over. They'd been making that movie for such a long time. I think 
if it is like an ongoing thing, like what's still happening with the MCU, to say, hey, actor, insert name here, can you have a cameo, yada, yada, yada? Yep, sure. I think when it's the last film, I think they might be less inclined. Like, why? What's the point? Like, what would, why am I doing it? Like, why? Because we'll give you $5,000. <laughs> why would they? <laughs> whatever, like, they whatever they charge. They need for... all the money they can get. <laughs> like, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I get Just I get reuse it. some footage. I don't give a shit. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've you seen know, one... that before, you know, film, TV. It's like, I don't think that actor reshot that. I think they've just, <laughs> I think they've just, just CGI. <laughs> he used it. I mean, it definitely sounds like I did have a better time with this movie mm. than well, you did. Like, just I one didn't. Note, I, I wasn't bored. Like you know, I wasn't bored. You know, you found moments where, or nah, you know, scenes it where dragged. it dragged. Yeah, I didn't. And then it just felt stupid. Like there was just lots of stupid stuff. And what didn't help was just some really shitty dialogue. Like oh, Black Manta says at one point. What does he say when he's like going off to Mira? I'm a kill. This is actually what I'm a kill me a dead mermaid. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Okay, that is terrible. Like, do you, like, but do you know what? what like, is that? if people listening to this podcast would know that, I mean, we don't like to take sides, really. But if we are going to take sides, like you grew up as a Marvel guy, I grew up as a DC mm. guy. We're not just talking films, comics, whatever. So I do have. Like this love of DC Comics, I I, I really do. I mean, but what's funny with that is like, if you okay, let's just take the last, let's just take the last two years of comic book movies, right? Except for maybe like Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever. I think I've probably praised the DC movies more. Yeah, no, that's I haven't, I haven't loved them, but it's like I enjoyed Black Adam. That's true. I enjoyed Shazam too. Like, oh, do you know, right? You know, I just the I Batman read... stuff in the Flash was great. Like, you know, I just read right. You know, for last year. Black Adam in the UK is one of the top selling DVDs. Like it's huge over there. Like it's crazy. Like it's apparently it's doing really well. But anyway, what I was going to say is that again, no DVD. They said DVD. But being, DVD still exists. Being a big DC guy, I guess, you know, I just wanted to stay in this world for as long as I could. And as long as I could was until the end credits of this movie, because it's, you know, we're, we're told we're going to get, Peacemaker season two, James Gunn once again writing. I think he directed half of that first season. Maybe he's going to do that again, or maybe he's too busy. I don't know, but season two is a different thing. So, just again, going back to Man of Steel and ending with this movie, like I, if this movie was twice as long, if I'm honest, I probably would have enjoyed it less, but I would have been okay. Spending more time just in this world that they've been building over the last. 10 years i probably liked it maybe more than you did just because i just i don't know it's just dc it's this world but i recognize it's by far not a perfect movie of course it's not uh, but i do think just the conversation we've just had i think i did maybe enjoy it more than you did yeah i can I, I'm, I'm getting that vibe too <laughs> you want me to rate it don't you I think we're there. I think we should. I, think okay, we sure. <laughs> I feel like you're leading into it. Um, yeah, look, I there's there's stuff to like, but there's also a lot that isn't great in this movie. Um, again, like I walked out of this movie just thinking, I was like, man, that like really wasn't that really wasn't good. Um, again, like found myself there were actually boring bits. Like, even the worst superheroes, I don't usually find them boring. I'm just like, oh, this is dumb, or this isn't really well made, or whatever. But I was like, no, nah, I was actually bored. I was like, Jesus, like, what is what is happening? Um, I think the stuff that they did with Amber Heard's character, even Nicole Kidman's character, it's like this movie just wanted to sideline all the females in the movie from the, from the looks of it. Villains were rough as, like, just wasted. They threw out all of the black man to motivation stuff for this possession thing i'm like all right do you want to possession man james wan let it go say say this ain't insidious um patrick wilson anyway um but look i won't dance around look, i'll give this a two out of five like it's it's not great and i didn't really like it but there's stuff in it that's enjoyable i suppose and i will buy the blu-ray just to complete <laughs> i'll complete my 
15 installments of the DCU <laughs> and say it's done. <laughs> it is done. Question, are you going to pick up Peacemaker? I'm on the fence because we do have access to it on Binge. Are you going to get Peacemaker? I, because really... I have Peacemaker fit. Season 1 on Blu-ray. Oh, do you really? Wow. Yeah, Did it, not know that. It sits in between The Suicide Squad and Black Adam. Well played. I think is where it goes. <laughs> I'm missing Blue Beetle and this movie. So I have to wait until this is out and then yeah, I, I oh, just picked up the flash and Peacemaker. I do need oh, to pick up Peacemaker. Um, can I ask? Can I ask some advice before you give your yeah. rating? Because this is very important. All right. So I've got all the movies on Blu-ray, right? Like in blue plastic, you know, little as you as you would. Man of Steel, I have in a special like. You need Superman to replace that. I've Dan, seen it. It's Dance for Hope, that tin thing. Yeah. So I've got Man of Steel on Blu-ray. In it's that the same. Tin, do I need the single? Slip? I would. Yeah. Okay. Shit. I would. I. <laughs> I don't know. I like the idea of novelty cases, but if you're looking at having a set, it looks fine. Yeah, I'd I'd get it. I'd get it's it. It's almost like my Blu-rays start with Batman vs. Superman, and that's just bonkers. I get it again. <laughs> but that's what I'm missing though. All Peacemaker, right. um, and I'll pick up Blue Beetle, which I did enjoy, and this movie, and then yeah, like you, I will have the whole set. Now, for Christmas, I left the city. I was out of Perth, and I was with the family. Couldn't go to the movies. I did see. Like you went to watch this film on Boxing Day. I was extremely jealous. I had to wait until I was back in Perth so I could yeah. finally watch it. I purposely didn't scroll down. I did see that you posted on Instagram. I didn't look to see what you thought of the movie. I didn't find out until tonight. So I'm really glad that I held off for this review. I definitely had a much better time with you. With me? I'm not... Well, than you did. <laughs> <should I> say. <laughs> I'm not going to go crazy here. Yeah, it was fun. It it is a I don't want to say throwaway because that just sounds dismissive. It was just a fun big blockbuster. Like you know, when I was in it, watched it, enjoyed it, left the cinema, and I'd stop thinking about it. Like, but in the moment, <laughs> like I, I enjoyed it. Like I wasn't you know I wasn't bored. I was invested. It's not that first movie. I mean, that first movie was doing a different thing. He was being like introduced to this world. And yes, he's discovering new things in this movie. But honestly, that moment when he first, it comes, you know, it's the waterfall and he walks out and he's wearing the Ackerman costume for the first time. And then he's riding that creature in that first movie. Nothing like that happens in this movie. It's like, <laughs> I feel like the, mm. the things that I liked most about this movie it's just it's scaled back it's just two blokes wearing funny costumes having conversations just standing around just standing around but they're on land it's okay they can stand around on land do you know what i mean though it's not like oh wow that big spectacle underwater of like oh wow this massive it's like no it's just two blokes having a conversation which is fine because that's a part of this movie that is fine yeah but I don't know, eat. What you also want is some really cool underwater action because it's which you do get that as well. Man. What I won't it's, say, it's, I mean, it's, it's it's pretty minimal. I think of the most recent DC EU films. Oh man, what? Ah, oh, he's just sad. I'm so he's so disappointed because he should have the whole you know the past ten years. It should have been a different thing again. Man of Steel, which is a strong entry, and then instead of doing a sequel to a Superman movie, Batman was introduced way too early, and then we've got Suicide Squad. It's just nothing happened the way it should have happened, but it is what it is. This is not a bad film, I don't think. Um, it It's not necessarily the best film for them to end on, but it's a film that I watched and enjoyed. I'm going to come in at a 3.5 out of 5 on this one. There's definitely things that I enjoyed. 
I was concerned in the opening that it was just going to be just too silly, but they quickly moved beyond that. And, you know, there's serious motivations, the buddy action comedy dynamic I really enjoyed. There's things to like, but yeah, it's not the heights of that first movie, but it's definitely better than some of the most recent DCEU entries. And this is it. This is the end. So there you go. 3.5, the end of the DCEU. Or a two, like whatever. (laughs) (laughs) A 3.5, for me at least. We had some hits. We had some hits in the DCEU. We did. In fact, do you know what? I was going to close, but you're right. The the Birds of Prey movie. That is a good film. They made a good film there. Are you being funny? Sarcastic? Like, what? We don't have time. I'm wrapping up. I thought you liked it as what? well. I really, I really no, like, like I, I liked it. We don't have time for this. I, I really enjoy I was, that movie. I think that is I was a like, fun... like Man of Steel, Zack Snyder's Justice League, the first Wonder Woman, the Suicide Squad. But I was thinking fairly, barely like, recent movies. Hey, listen. Oh, recent one. Recent we don't have time. Yeah, yeah. I thought Birds of Prey was a fairly recent. It's a good movie. I do. What are you talking about? Anyway, let's. Let's wrap it up. It's like a Wonder Woman had a great soundtrack. <laughs> That's... The opening's good in the in the shopping center. That's pretty good. Anyway. Anyway, okay, wrap up, man. Wrap up. That's wrap up. it for our review of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom and the DCEU. Oh, if you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent reviews of Wonka and Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. And stay tuned for our upcoming special episode, Year in Review 2023. You've been listening to Luke. And you've been listening to Jason. Where are the guys from that film, Stu? See you soon. <laughs>